a drawn Lions test series, shared glory or a huge missed opportunity for rugby. We discuss moments of the season, including the highs of Chicago and the emotion so many months on of the passing of Anthony Foley. And James Downey tries to draw Rodge out on the Munster coaching job. It's all coming up on The Hard Yards. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes. Passionate about sport. Two and Ring Rose comes through. Oh. And he's brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score. I know what website you use most often, but it's a sister of uh, YouTube. <laughs> Hi Rob, Zeebs here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next He's calling. I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. I say YouTube as probably YouTube. <laughs> You're listening to the Hard Yards Rugby Podcast on Sports Show. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm Andy McGeady. Today in studio I have Ronan Agara, James Downey and Pat McCarry and we've got a lot to get through. We've got the lines to talk about, look back at the final test, look back at the series as a whole, look back at the moments of the entire rugby season and a wish list for next year. We're looking into the off-season. Some rugby players, they're looking ahead to... Well, what were you looking ahead to when you finished, James? Were you? Uh, was it time to let loose straight to the nearest dominoes? <laughs> not, not far from it. Um, straight to the nearest airport and out um, pretty much once season finished uh, I was on a plane somewhere yeah. had a couple of weeks and switch off completely from, from rugby you know it was great to just change your get your mindset away from it forget about it let the body heal up and then yeah. they're giving you enough programs essentially where you'd, you'd have a week or two off and then you're straight back into it because you had certain scores to get back and um, yeah it wasn't much fun you didn't supposedly you weren't supposed to have the, the full time off but as in the full time to do whatever you want. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes we had a yeah, we had a bit of a variation now in it where you had you had four weeks off, come back, train for a week, and then you get a week off if you made your scores. Or I just decided to enjoy my four weeks <laughs> and come back and uh, not have that week off, so it was alright. It wasn't too bad. What was it like for you, Raj? Um, I was just getting my thoughts together, think, listening to James. It was I recall a lot of tours. Yeah. Um, and then obviously. That's a real humble brag, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, because a lot of them involved New Zealand. <laughs> and um, I remember in 2003, I remember we specifically before the World Cup, we went to Tonga, Samoa. Um, certain players went home. A lot of the kind of so-called untouchables went home after the um, the um, Australia game, I think. And um, we stayed on, and uh, they're great memories. Hmm. Uh, in ter- it's it got kind of um, more advanced every year though I think in terms as James alluded to the, um, going back 15 years ago it was brilliant you could afford to do essentially what you wanted and then for me it was kind of pre-kids post-kids in terms of how your holiday would dif- differentiate it I can remember the only times of the year I used to read would be when I'd go away on holidays and you could put put away ten books for two weeks when you just basically I enjoyed sitting on a on a lounger by a pool and just taking in ten hours of sun a day to just because the vitamin D is good for the body to heal and um it was relaxing but I think everyone knows that it's hard to be the lads holiday as well and uh, that's important that you go away with the fellas you play with but um that only happened for two or three days and they were dead and you had to come home then. So what changed once the kids arrived then? No, uh, not as many books? No, it was just obviously you're on water, you have to be very, very... Uh, I know, I know what you in, mean. You know, yeah. so it's a completely different holiday. Um, 
but it's a different buzz also yeah. um, probably obviously better but um, if you want to recover it's just different uh, but it's a, it's a really crucial part of the game I think especially you now with um, the focus so much on the players every movement is nearly um, well depending on who the players are if they want it to be seen it will be seen you look at guys from England now that they're in Dubai at the minute on the holidays mm. and you can literally see what they're doing on the poolside and so things are changing uh, but the holidays is something that you really have to get right because I've seen it now from a coaching point of view look at someone like Dan Carter who didn't get a break and kind of tried to do two years um, continuous mm. and mentally and physically you just can't do that was, no. there, was there any boys who kind of just went dark for a month or two you just wouldn't hear from them at all and they'd get back looking different <laughs> like a different animal when they got back from that bit of a breakaway or Dennis Leamy was a good man to <laughs> switch off I think yeah. and literally you'd be surprised I don't know where he got it because <laughs> Dennis is from Cashel but he gets to text the sun really well and he comes back in pre-season he'd have a little bit of a beer belly no doubt <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'd still have the massive arms and uh, an unbelievable Pat Spillane <laughs> a farmer's tan on them <laughs> and uh, but um Every, people did different things but that's the important thing about it and especially mm. in the team I played in Munster everyone was so tight that uh, we ended up going away lots of years mm. uh, I think um, in 97 I think I did my leaving certain it was all uh, we all went to Santa Ponce and it was all Mick Galway Brian Walsh about 13 of the Munster team at that time and we had just finished our leaving cert so eight of my fellows I was in school with and basically the whole Munster team together and it was like, gee, I remember watching it, rugby, and I was on the next Lions tour, and if you had thought, in 97, with the <laughs> carry-on that went on <laughs> over there, <laughs> it was literally 14 days solid from oh. kind of a one, one o'clock start, keep going, and roll over. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not exactly... Uh, some introduction. Yeah. But that was the way it was. It was Exactly. It was, exactly. You know, when we played Heineken Cup games in Limerick, like, it was... Saturday night and then Sunday was automatically a bit of a party for everyone, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Monday was recover. Yeah, and you look at the kind of kids now, and they're coming out. They're in academies from, from God knows what age, fifteen, sixteen now. And are they missing out? You reckon by, by not having those weeks away? Like, cause, like you can recall it straight away off the bat there. Like yeah. I can recall mine two weeks as well in Grand Canary, and it's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But you're right. But like, uh, thankfully, well, from my point of view, there wasn't academies. It was AIL, and I think that's something that's playing those games is what's what's needed. Right. Ah. Let's look back at this uh, last Lions test. We've got a one-all series. It's ended in a draw, fifteen-all in the last game. Is let's straight to it. Is a draw an okay way to end a series? Jimmy, how did you feel when you're looking at that? I don't know. I suppose, like everyone else, there's a bit of a um, where are we? What's happening? Is there extra time? How do we react? Exactly. It was, it was so surreal. It's extremely strange. And um, yeah, I don't know. I look, I haven't had a bit of time to, to look over it. I do think it's a good result. Yeah. Um, mm. Considering yeah, when you have that time period to, to get these uh, four nations together to, to produce a result against the top team in the world. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, but as a way to end the series, like if you were standing there at the end of the, of the pitch, Roger, you're still like, okay, can we keep going? You know, or is there? Oh yeah, game? I think it was an absolute massive opportunity missed by Rugby Union. I just think yeah, the yeah. NRL golden point 
would have been fantastic. Imagine the excitement because irrespective of who lost, they were still going to get credit after what they've done, especially the Lions, I think. But what the people needed, the public needed, I think rugby needed um, just a lift. It would have captured the attention of the world, I would think. Oh, jeez, everyone would be going, listen, tune into this now, no matter what sport you're into. Yeah, like two boys, ten minutes aside... They're gonna settle it. Like, yeah, imagine, wouldn't it be? Oh, great? do you mean between yeah. like a handshake at the end of the game, Reed and Warburton say, <sighs> oh, "Imagine that." Here, listen, lads. <laughs> but yeah, they just the two boys met up and were just like, "Do you want to just keep going?" Because like, it would have been a chance for rugby to ascend. Like, you know, it, it's done well, got a lot of attention, but this would have made headlines everywhere, and going to got people talking everywhere. Just me- like there is something strange about it. This. That Rod, you mentioned last week that you know everything about the Lions tour is so planned, like every excursion, everything, but they hadn't planned for. What happens if there's a draw? And it just e- ends in a draw. And even Warburton after said, I'm ready for extra time. Like he said he was lashing the electrolytes yeah. into him because he just sort of presumed that you'd keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you say, it's a, I think Rod said it there, it's an opportunity missed, a huge one. And I'm sure not to re- be repeated again. Yeah. Because I think it was a dry ball too. And there was obviously New Zealand skills weren't good on the day, but I think it was an opportunity to, to show rugby at that stage. I think one of the defences would have been broken. Hmm. And um, oh, it would have been... It would have been unbelievable. I just think the the value of the the fan would have got out of out of watching it, and it would have just left a better taste in in everyone's mouth. I think, um, just everyone was kind of nearly deflated. It was like a loss for both teams as opposed to a hard earned draw by both sides. Mm. Do you they think you think next point like next score the winner kind of do it like that? I would. Uh, that's what I. Well, yeah. sorry, I just. The drama that goes with that, if I watch a lot of Australian rugby league, mm. so the psychology involved in the team that's behind in a, in normal time to get to um, a draw at the end of full time, and then it's winner takes all. So yeah, you got to have an onus on basically. Um, well, maybe because I have a huge fascination with drop goals or something. I think this <laughs> <laughs> is my time to shine, isn't yeah. it? You could have, you, you know what I mean. You would have thought, you would have seen the complete contrast in styles. New Zealand would have gone for a try. I would say with Farland Sexton, Elliot Daly, perhaps, yeah. maybe I don't know, but mm. like that left peg has to be used. So it just it brings all the mental games into play as well and after 80 minutes it's so much harder mm-hmm. to think and the yeah. drama with that imagine if you'd missed two attempts each and it was still going on 18 minutes yeah but well, if you think back to Johnny Wilkinson drop goal that wasn't his first attempt yeah you know, yeah, which is often forgotten about yeah, yeah exactly like that's what they were doing and they went and went and they got it in the end but yeah it would have been a good contrast and they used to have the the kicks remember I think Leicester played against Cardiff on oh Jesus and Johnny Murphy had a <laughs> you're only trying to mention Johnny Murphy's games that's uh, not nice <laughs> no but pressure's right there and isn't but, it so. but, uh, the most experienced one too was Martin Williams Martin Williams yeah and he's skillful, but I actually he, he nearly hit the corner flag. Did uh-huh. he? Completely <laughs> fell off it. And Jordan Crane then saves Johnny's blushes there. So what yeah. happened with Johnny's then? For I suppose for people, I, I always remember the Williamson, but I can't remember Johnny's one. From just go down to training and see what happens every other time he kicks it. That's what happened. He f- blew it off the corner flag. <laughs> the um, but it was a good game though. And looking back. Mm. It, it, that was 15 all and I, I'll hold my hand up when it was when the All Blacks started really playing in the first half I was like nah like this Lions have had their day in the sun in the second test they're going to get blown out and I was completely wrong that was a hell of a second half yeah they just did so well to stay in it didn't they because it was the game it was the quick top penalties again they were just going at them it was just like so similar to the first test and Savea missed his chance I think he missed two chances uh, 
Kane knocked on as well. I think the uh, Baron, like they, they, they think they had two just shelled chances with the try mm. line there in front of them. They just kept digging in there, and somehow was wasn't a seven six at one stage, and then they got a uh, the second try as well. Mm. Like so, it's um, to to kind of stayed in there in the, in the fight uh, so good. Like and, and again, yeah, a lot of people just it was a shame the referee kind of you know everybody was talking about that at the end because it was such a great game and and I, I think the Lions can't regret as much because they weren't they didn't really have that chance whereas New Zealand blew the chance to kind of win it like they gave up winning positions but I don't think the Lions can be as upset like um, the, the thing I was kind of talking about would be interesting to get the boys take is do you reckon if the two teams met again in a fourth test did the Lions have their number at that stage would you have backed the Lions in a fourth maybe that extra week um but maybe that extra week at the start or and then you wouldn't have had to need that four test mm. you know um, just because you called the Lions last week doesn't mean you get another <laughs> so game so close like. yeah. so close yeah. <laughs> but the um, it, that, so that call at the end uh, Roman Port, it was strange the way that that happened mm. like dis- the decision or not whether it was a penalty or a scrum the, the mechanics of how that decision was made was it seemed odd calling to the TMO first James yeah I think he's um, he second guessed himself didn't he straight yeah. away and um if he's going to do that, yeah, he has to go upstairs. Then he can't. It was a, it was a strange finish, like so. Team, surreal. TMO immediately exactly. backed, backed up what he'd seen. Yeah, yeah, and then suddenly it was like, nah, it's a scrum. Uh, I know it's uh, it's so disheartening for people to kind of see you want to finish, and as Roger said, you, you want to get that someone's yeah. going to be elated and someone's not, you know. And it's but to have to go down to that, I guess he felt that pressure of is it going to be this decision on just something so simple? And these guys have put so much work into this. And look, I'm completely overreading it now, but. He second guessed himself straight away, and whatever was said to him as well, that he's he's questioned it and it's gone upstairs. Hmm. What do you think, Crunch? Watching that, the decision, the process by which it actually came about, because we're always told, look, once the referee's made his call, he's made the call, you know. And if the TMO backed up that original call, suddenly it's a it was a really yeah, strange I one. I would agree. I, the scrum. I think um, his gut instinct was penalty. Yeah saw it live and I think he saw it again and the two of them thought penalty and then all of a sudden no penalty Yeah. irrespective of Kane Owens getting rid of it nearly simultaneously he was in an offside position while holding the ball Yeah. it's a penalty but he said that it was an intent or an, a non-intentional uh he seems to, you know I, I know second language up. and all that but to try and find the words to say no lads I'm giving the scrum it just it didn't sit well. I've got a deal for you, wasn't that it? It was like well, well I think we'll forgive him that. You yeah, know, that's the second language part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but I was just going to say, like, do, do you reckon? Because he got a lot of praise after. Like, are we reading too much into Warburton's captaincy? A lot of praise this side of Warburton. An awful lot of the talking to a lot of the the boys in in racing this week. He got absolutely slated, slaughtered in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, because. Um, you know that's the way they are it's like a draw for them is no good it's a series mm. loss is how they're looking upon it so yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're not happy with what at all you know but I don't think he was he was the the issue at all the game as you said it was three try scoring opportunities mm. which normally they take but I think people are forgetting too what um, who New Zealand played with in the back line as well you know what I mean I think um you could really see the inexperience of the midfield. I don't think, um, you know, I mean, they're a different team with Ben Smith. Smith, Crotty, Sonny Bill out, though that was his own fault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
They're making basic errors that you, would, that, that you wouldn't actually see. I'm glad you brought see. it up. In the first half alone, in the first phase, I think of the eight of the ten knock-ons were in the first phase. So you said the lines were hanging in there, but actually for me it was that New Zealand were com- completely uncharacteristically mm. even inaccurate. S- even Surveyor, four minutes in, you should have yeah. nine times out of ten, will catch that and will oh, score. Yeah, or even 49 times yeah. out of 50, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah, because it was Butchery. Um, but do you know what I mean? I think all... Well, the philosophy changed with us, but if you don't score a try, you don't deserve to win a game. So the Lions didn't score a try. Hmm. And I don't think you win big games by the boot alone. And and that's been proven. So I thought it was a I thought there was some some good collisions, but I, I thought um New Zealand were uh rudderless. I didn't think Barrett I thought he's exceptionally a threat, but you don't really want your ten carrying the ball 50 times to the line yeah you said that last week as they well they were kind of playing over and back over and back without really know how they were playing and but you think that's a reflection then on his midfield and the trust in his midfield and, and I think that's the way he plays a bit but you know what I mean I was kind of looking at if you know what I mean if you'd and I'm not an old man going back but if you put Carter Nanu or uh, Conrad Smith I just think their game intelligence is now being appreciated yeah. from what we've seen in these in these line series because um, another point that the lads in racing make is the the fact that who are New Zealand's opposition Australia who are oh. not a, a potent force at all their club rugby is in dire straits and South Africa yeah. and Argentina is the is the four nations so um, I think it's good from people playing rugby this side of the world that our stock has really come up. Mm. Okay, so let's go out of the last test and look at the series as a whole. Uh, so, yeah, James, you you talked earlier on. This is a result for the Lions. A drawn series is still going down New Zealand. We never oh, yeah. saw that coming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we didn't see it coming. Who, who well, it comes in with your first point. That's why the extra time was never discussed because yeah. it was never an issue. I would see even with the Blazers or with anyone in world rugby. Yeah, the fact that it was either going to be two one on a bad day for New Zealand or it was going to be 3-0 on an average day and a lot of people call 3-0 yeah. in fairness yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you can go back to the, the Bucky's odds on it or what, what that was at the start and yeah. what a drawn series would have been oh, we, we got we got Ladbrokes to look up like what would the, like a completely winless series be for the Lions what was it like 500 to 1 or something the bleak yeah the bleak days of April or May I suppose yeah, like, yeah. I think, maybe that was when we Kev, got injured we had Kevin we McLaughlin like in and he was like there was one day where he was like <laughs> <laughs> I think the first game had happened he was just like That's, this is going to be terrible <laughs> but but it picked up and they, you did see momentum come you know through that whole series and the geography call ups aside um, yeah. Gatlin stock is now higher than it was going in and we couldn't have said, we couldn't have said that a month ago no, it's a results results based business and he hasn't lost 3-0 and he's, he's, he's done alright and he's done well so he's going to be judged on that I think people have even moved on from the geographical six or whatever and yeah he hasn't lost it and his, like he was getting called a clown and stuff back in New Zealand and the papers were getting into him and no way he's going to be involved and now they're talking about him oh will he be the next Lions coach again and will he be back in four more years yeah. like has he been offered a job already you know and it's look it stocks up and I'm sure look players will come back and have a different opinion on it and uh, if you're a dirt tracker or a midweek team you'll have a different opinion of, of the coach as opposed to if you're starting every test and I don't know. Um, seems to be a happy enough camp. So from what I know, anyway. Yeah, so. If you're starting every test, then the coach is fantastic. 
you know. But yeah, no, it's look, but he's it's as I say, it's results, and you got to look at it and take it uh, from that. Same as a lot of his decisions, what he did along the way, uh, certain players, and say with Peter Mahoney for one example, but. Um, yeah, there, there's an interesting person now. He's he's kind of been forgotten. We did probably half a podcast on you know when he was given the captaincy for the first test. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see now the experience of camp for the next couple of weeks for Peter Mahoney would have been would be something to hear. Yeah, because I, I was I was saying I was listening to the the Rugby Union Weekly, the BBC podcast, and there were uh, Chris Jones who was over there was saying. The word he had got back was that O'Mahony had been absolutely brilliant for the last two weeks. Like he immediately parked being disappointed about being dropped, and he was one of the best guys in training for the last couple of weeks. Like, and I, I don't know. Like, it's I suppose it's standard you you expect, but you don't get that from every player, do you? Like, some guys might be a little bit brooding, but I suppose you guys both have come across O'Mahony. That, does that surprise you at all? No, I think um, I would say he's a smart guy. Uh, sorry, no, he's a smart guy, and, and I, you know I me. Mean? Warburton was picked as a tour captain for a reason to play in the test game so um, I think in the build up to obviously the first test there was something that the management team liked about Peter mm. liked a lot so that with the balance of the way the back row was going said let's keep this continuity going so that's why he was playing but it was always going to be a long shot whether it, uh, for me anyway that he was going to continue in the team mm. I think this is how it was picked for this game yeah. with the assumption that you empty the tank I would say for you know what I mean if you have a captain of the group on the bench he's going to come in with probably 30 to go it's exactly how it panned out and yeah. he's going to start week 2 and week 3 so I think Peter in some positions um, you know what I mean you're on automatic for the bench with CJ Standard there he was probably a better option for the bench so in that regard he lost out on it and um I think he's just got to be really mature and realistic how he looks upon it. He started the first test as a captain. The team lost. It's not his fault. Disappointing, but oh, it's still, but it's it, it's still an amazing achievement from where he was just before Jamie Heaslip got injured. Yeah, in, yeah. In that England game, to, sorry, in the lead up to the England game. I was just going to say as well, like just looking because I was just seeing Rory Best is he's turning thirty five now and uh, next month in August and. Do you reckon O'Mahony is lined up to be next Ireland captain? I know there was talk about that before he got injured in the World Cup. Like, is he? Would you bring him in now, or just leave it with Rory? Because Rory's the number one hooker at the moment. There's no one to kind of challenge him at the moment. Do you just stay with that, or do you just kind of look ahead to the next World Cup? And yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, but you can be sure. Um, I'd say Joe has gone through every possible uh, scenario in his head with the detail he goes about it, but. Um, I would say what's important now is that it'd probably be a clean slate because in terms of the leadership group in Irish rugby, the two of them are probably there. You have a hungry Jamie Heaslip who has an awful lot mm. to prove. Um, you look at the back row in the States and Japan, how well they played. There's such quality in the in the back row. That's and the toughest then, one, yeah. Um, I mean, father time catches everyone eventually, but uh, Rory Best will be... Um, hungry after this Lions tour I think for me is Jamie George a better player than him I don't know I don't think so yeah, yeah. but sometimes you get the benefit of selection and you get kind of confidence from that and then it just kind of happens and it's very hard to replace the guy that's that's in there mm. so on, on that <laughs> subject of some of the, the Irish lines we talked about a few there um, the other was the big winners Sean O'Brien Tyke Furlong obviously had superb 
series. Um, Jack McGrath did fine off the bench. Um, then there's a few who are kind of in the middle. Ian Henderson on another day could have been in those test squads instead of um, someone like Courtney Laws being brought in. Um, yeah, I think so. And you look at that game in um, the Gaetan. Yeah. yeah, like they looked like there was three of them. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And I think the rugby or those kind of teams suit them because um, there's just so, so many opportunities to carry the ball and he's front up and his footwork is so good Yeah, for such a big guy he's excellent footwork and his capacity to play the ball over the tackle kind of makes him really suited to the New Zealand model um, so I think he deep down knows too that he's he'll have tasted that he knows that's the level and I I, I think he's going to explode next season I think he's going to be fascinating mm. and then we a couple of lads who disappointing uh, in Jared Payne and Robbie Henshaw both for injury related reasons If well migraine injury I'm paraphrasing but you know what I mean um, and Leinster going to be without Henshaw for a little while yeah like it's like, like after even the Six Nations you would have said Henshaw was you know the man you would have expected to start like what if you would have looked at back then and said Ben Teo was going to be starting ahead of Henshaw, you would have, you would never would have called that because he was just a, a, on the bench for for England. Like so, you know Henshaw would be kind of disappointed. And they, that again, that Henderson at least got to show what he could do over there. Like, but Henshaw mm. never really got he got a chance, but he didn't really do anything amazing. And so he'll be he'll be disappointed in that. Yeah. Like, but he's young enough to. 2021 come back and play on that tour yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get this in come back to that but, uh, and then Conor Murray as well Conor Murray of course like um, a fellow beside me here will know everything that Conor can bring to a side you know and um, it produces everything that you'd expect from him to be honest um, mm. his box kicks on the money uh, kicked it out in the fall when it needed to be when you didn't want any quick counters and, and marshal it well I thought to be honest when they had um chasing the game then a little bit and Reese Webb came on is the, is the right thing to do in terms of that, that last 20 just to bring that extra dynamic to it but Connor's the best nine in the world at the moment so is, yeah, it, is, is it now clear or did Aaron Smith have a good enough series that it's a, that he's back in the conversation again um, I think so maybe I'm a small bit biased but yeah no I think he we have been called a little now. bit biased on uh, the show no yeah. doubt no doubt <laughs> but no, I think he, everything he brings to it and his leadership now, I think he's really stepped up over the, the past couple of years. He's been in there a while now and he, he has to start producing consistently and I think he's been the most consistent scrum half. Okay, so last thing, when we're looking ahead to future Lions tours, do we want fewer games, more games? Is this about right? Uh, what do you reckon, James? Um, just about right, but just... That extra week, I guess, maybe. Between a week of preparation. Yeah, 100%. Like, they're going off sporadically. Some yeah. teams, they were out training a few weeks beforehand. They're in different countries. Teams are finishing separately. Then if someone gets injured, it's just very disjointed. They were um, actually lucky that, um, like, you know, Saracens, Lancer, those players who didn't get into the, their respective finals. They exactly. got an extra week. And yeah, exactly. And then you're talking, that's a lot of the, the squad in there yeah. as well, you know, and... Um, I don't know I, ca I can't remember what way Clive Woodward did it but they I don't know if you were on that one Raj were they in Penny Hill Park or something and mm. they did all that t whatever it was team bonding but I'm not sure if each that was player had their own gilded concord and flew individually no but yeah <laughs> um, but what, would, what do you think Raj is this about right for Lions Tour do you like the big question is do we need all of the midweek games or should they take a smaller squad and just ah no I think the the whole purpose or the the goal of when you become a lion it doesn't become 
the test team and the midweek team some tours have failed on that and it's not good but like the whole thing about is whether you go on tour or not then obviously they've got bonus after that becoming a test line but I think um, it's about going to all the places around that country and seeing it for what it's worth because every atmosphere in the grounds are very different and it's fantastic and it's people kind of um now it's easy for us after a three test series against New Zealand to knock the midweek games but the midweek games are a crucial and fundamental part of Lions tours I thought they were good in this series like I they were proper games yeah. yeah they are I think at the start uh, of a tour sometimes there's a mismatch the first game of every Lions tour traditionally is a mismatch but all the other games are competitive but I think um, you need um, to be bringing big tours numbers because of if you're looking to play Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday the injuries toll up and um, no I think speaking from being on three of them I think it's they get a, a bit of a hard hard time um, all, all this talk about the Lions tours but like it's every single player's dream to go on it that's the bottom line playing for your country is brilliant but from 18 to 24 months out um, prior to South Africa everyone will be talking about it again that's what players want to do or looking at Pat beside me four years out <laughs> looking, at, looking at 2021 <laughs> well we won't go into that right now I was, right. I was actually saying that uh, I think Graeme Henry came up with the idea and the home unions or like Ireland, England and Scotland Wales would love this it was the idea of the Lions being uh, you tour the Lions like you know like New Zealand go to Europe and play the Lions like it's the, oh, the Lions at home yeah like you were saying that would cut out some of the travelling time and stuff like that and you that don't be like the compromise rules that no one wants to go no, no one wants to be selected for the home ones and they I all want to go they want to the, you know the trip I would say that the way the game is changing at the minute is it's very possible so you could have a test in Millennium Stadium a test yeah. in Twickenham and a test in the Aviva and a test in Murrayfield of course <laughs> <laughs> midweek games all the midweek games so we're, back, we're back to four tests again aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so I'm the, sorry uh, the, the, the possible four tests yeah. in Murrayfield yeah right apologies to all the Scots uh, right we'll leave that one there and we'll be back in a few minutes The Hard Yards brought to you by Ladbrokes passionate about sport back on the hard yards thanks for listening to the podcast today if you're listening to this for the first time subscribe to it on iTunes Podcast Republic SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone right we've looked back at the Lions test the Lions tour Um, now the season as a whole moments of the season uh, it's kind of weird to lift out of just Lions 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 all the time but there was a lot of good stuff last year Um, Henshaw's try in Chicago is that the one that jumps out yeah, I, I was I was saying Chicago definitely jumped out to me anyway. But uh, for me, my mo- I was saying my moments where I thought we'd beaten the All Blacks and the players on the pitch probably totally different and a lot of fans totally different was Zebos try after halftime because I thought this is when we had them. This is when we, we were going to beat them. And and then I was got, regretting those thoughts. And then, but to get that try at the end, and it was the whole thing about Henshaw's try. It was the Jared Payne drawn in Savea it was Zebo kicking up the line it was Murray doing the kick chase the boys bundling him over he slipped switch pass it was just and it was good rugby and it was well played and 
And it was absolutely brilliant moment then as well. And, and you can tell the, a lot of the players knew this is it. We've got this. We've got this nailed as well. That mm. was actually I've got, <laughs> I've got goosebumps talking about that there. I'll stop talking. <laughs> so what do you reckon, James? It's like is did when in a season where Ireland beat the All Blacks, it, does it have to? Does it have to be that? It's got to be up there, all right. Um, also, I think of um, Edison tra- uh, tragedy as well with with Axel, you know, and um, just the way uh, everyone responded to it, and uh, like just don't go on, but the whole of rugby, or whatever. But like everyone got behind it, you know, and uh, how the Munster lads reacted to things as well, you know, and in, in, in such tough some, uh, circumstances. Well, playing that Glasgow match, I mean, that was an extraordinary event. Yeah, I don't. I don't use the word event crassly, but you know to actually be able to to front up, pull together, and do that, and then have that. I suppose the circle and the pitch afterwards, calling up the two sons. I mean, it was extraordinary. Yeah, extraordinary emotion. I mean, Rod, you were there. No one will forget that for a long time. No, no, it was. Um, yeah, being in that ground, it was. Uh, it was difficult to be in the ground. Never mind trying to play, and then Arlsey getting a red card. Yeah, I suppose the guy that. Um, it's weird in sport that would have been closest to Axel in that team, you know. And yeah. uh, he feels frustrated or and kicking a water bottle. That's my memory of the day as well. And I just it was fantastic to be there. I think there was just um, I've never talked about this, and it's difficult to talk about it. But it was um, there was something beautiful about it as well. And um, I was next to John Kelly, who I played with for a for a number of years, and. Um, it was just all every, I suppose everything he did in the red jersey. The memories came flowing back, and you could just picture Axel scoring in the right hand corner against Barretts, getting his hat trick and free pizzas for life, and <laughs> just everything that was um, was good about my. It was a, it was a really hard day because you know what I mean. The tissue was out of the pocket uh, for for a long periods of that game, and um, it was uh, yeah, it was so bizarre that it was um, you know I mean I think as people say to you, you cope with certain things differently and I think for the players that have played with him it's still it hasn't hit us you know I think it's when when is he going to come back into the dressing room or when will he pick up the phone so it's it's uh, it's still too raw I think in terms of getting your head around it but that was um, really nicely mentioned by James I think because you know I mean for me it wouldn't even have come into my head that um, that happened this season mm. because I I've lost the perspective on when the, this happened. Um, but obviously, that is um, it is the moment of of of, of the year that, that that performance, not by the team. I think sorry by the team, but also by why the monster supporters are known for their class. Yeah, and I think. Uh, it was unbelievably good in, in a really sad way to see um, just everyone you played with Monster and obviously why they were there and fellas like the two that stand out obviously are Gallif and Claw and just to see how how broken they were yet they could still smile it was fantastic yeah yeah um, I'm not really sure we should move on to sort of something like Sean O'Brien's try after that. It doesn't really seem apt. Um, but it was one nice thing to come out of the Lions tour, but I think we leave the look back. There, no, no, I know? think I think unfortunately it has to go on, but I think you're yeah. right, that Sean O'Brien try was a fantastic try. I was jumping off my seat alone in a bar in Spain and you know, on yeah, my it was own. Great. It just it gave me joy. I think too from 
a pure Irish point of view that it was Shawnee. Yeah. Because I think all of us associate with Shawnee because he's he's a tough warrior and there's a lot of goodness in him. And yeah. it was brilliant it was him because I think from people maybe did I, he kept it quiet enough, but Shawnee was nearly dead and buried career mm. over. That's that's something which which you've mentioned a couple of times. But like how close was he to game over? No, I think Pat knows more about it, yeah. the thing, but I, I, I know I'm obviously friendly with him, but he's he was um he was very close and I think like everyone thinks the rugby players are athletes are bulletproof, but the, like we have more or sorry, the players nowadays would have more gremlins than anyone because if the hamstring's ripped off the bone or the hamstring you can't just fix it. Hmm. That's it, you know what I mean? It's you can try and do all the rehab, but if there's something not knitting and then it just doesn't work for him, so it's like a damaged car that isn't roadworthy. It's the same as the way he plays. But um yeah, I think um it was it was great that he got the opportunity on the biggest stage to show because there's knocker, knockers everywhere and they say O'Brien is finished and O'Brien is past it and he's gets injured every time and the game is too physical and that but sure yeah he's taking he's taken he, too many he, hits he had the last he laugh he was, oh, he was superb yeah, he was absolutely superb but as, as a moment in the series even the Lions lost that match it showed us that there's something here that the Lions have something that perhaps we hadn't seen in previous ones that you know Liam Williams chosen because he could do something like that from full back and just go it yeah, was, it was brilliant. The whole thing was extraordinary. Just thinking, like, it was, you probably hadn't seen that since like that type of a moment since 2001 when O'Driscoll did that against Australia. Yeah. Like that type of a moment where, like, holy shit, the Lions can play. A bit <laughs> the of Lions are on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Something to make the New Zealand uh, media go, uh oh. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so we won't look back anymore. We we'll look forward. So next season, right? We've got a lot of Irish players who've played a lot of continuous rugby. Right now, flashing back to the off season, James, would you be would you be wanting to see some players take a break or is it really just case by case here because you've had players I mean Sexton we know had a break but he was banged up again on this tour yeah I think yeah, you have to take it individually to be honest um, certain players might need a lot of time off and it's a lot of individual work I've done now I'm sure Rod will be uh, Rod will be able to allude to it there that you're going to speak to each person and see what they're, how they're feeling what their body's like what, what they want to do you know and um, I think a lot of players now like to do completely switch off, get away from it, um, uh, rest up the body because some players have been on the go for nearly a year mm. um, and four or five weeks really isn't enough to be honest. Um, so they really have to be uh, managed. I think the the lucky thing about the Irish system is they're really managed well mm. um, and they're slowly eased back into it but um, other countries wouldn't be as lucky as that now. So I what remember just talking to Sexton before the Claremont game in, in, in the Champions Cup and putting the idea to him like listen after this if you get lucky enough to get in the Lions tour how about six months off how about just taking six months off and he looked at me like I was just stupid you know like, <laughs> like a lot of people look at me <laughs> but like he looked at me he was just like no like and he started listing out I was unlucky here that, was, that wasn't anything big I was only out for a week here but you know I'm not going anywhere again so yeah. you wouldn't be surprised by just seeing him back Back for the, the you know well in time for a couple of games ahead of the Champions Cup again you know he'll be back in September or something like that I I'd love to see him and O'Brien take a bit of time away like the the Kiwis do as well and look the ahead sabbatical. to the World Cup yeah, well, yeah I'd love I'd love that like if I had a wish list I'd love to see a couple of those lads rested again but then you've seen how competitive this Irish team is to be a lad in there you won't get your jersey back by the time you get back so maybe that's what Sexton is seeing 
like look at these two lads even at Leinster like you know like mm. Byrne and, and Carberry like who, who are ready to take your spot so um, I don't know would you guys be up for the idea of that like, t- like given your big players uh, you know five or six months off as in a proper you've planned for this you know when it's going to happen yeah like, like Richie McCaw go fly a glider somewhere yeah I think, <laughs> yeah. I think there but uh, the Irish players are looked after so well yeah everything is planned I think and if you're a competitor you want to play the games to what was happening certain periods of our stage of our career we felt we were being underplayed yeah you need three or four games to find form it's hard to go into kind of one game uh, Magnus Knee game and then have Europe the following week and they're saying you know because like usually no matter how experienced you are how good a player you are you kind of you get you hit your straps after four or five games mm. And for me, I always loved playing kind of three or four ga- three of the four weeks. Mm. But in the Irish system, you nearly ended up playing two of the four weeks. They get incredibly well looked after. So, like, they'll have four weeks rest, I'd say. Then they'll have a probably ten-week pre-season. Yeah. And yeah. after that, there's only so much pre-season you can do, you know what I mean? It's obviously ridiculously dangerous if you have a two- or three-week pre-season period. Yeah. But, like, after two months, there's only enough of kind of... Of uh, fitness games and you need, you need game time. Yeah. Well, yeah, you need to because so many fellas are are good in training, but where you need to be good is in the game. Mm. And I think that's that's um, no, I think that's how um, the Irish players are extremely well looked after. Yeah. Uh, wish list for next season, Pat. One thing. Um, just to be able to go to Southern Kings against Treviso in the <laughs> Pro 14 next season. So this is happening, is it? Yeah, I'll just be, I'll be putting in to uh, to Noel McGarry there just to uh, head down to South Africa to cover a game. I think, and you know, I, I could imagine the answer would be go f yourself as well. But Look at the way it's changing now. Again, who would have thought even six months ago that you'd have two South Africans mm, in yeah. the? Is this starting from I, the season? No. Well, hold on. So I was I looked. This is not happening yet. Yeah. Right. All we know is that there are teams that have been lost from Super Rugby. Two definitely going. But gone, we yeah. don't know how they mesh into the Pro 12, mm-hmm. right? And we don't know if, if it's going to be the Pro 12. But let's say, put it this way: I looked at um, the show's sponsor, Ladbrokes, odds earlier on, and they do not have any uh, any mention of any South African sides in there. But um, the favourites are six to four Leinster, five to two Munster and 5 to one Scarlets for a next season's Pro 12 Grand Final. That's looking a long way ahead. Uh, on the subject of odds, Champions Cup, Saracens are clear, clear, clear favourites at 9-4 to four for the Champions Cup next year with Talan at 6-1. to one. That's what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, one wish for next season, James. Um, I'd like to see a bit of consistency actually down in Munster, um, just in terms of uh, management and and what goes on down there because uh, I suppose Erasmus is going out of six months and it's quite frustrating I suppose Would anyone jump to mind as a potential member of a coaching ticket? Jeez, I don't know <laughs> I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't know if this fella's here in this room better suited to answer that now um, No, not off the head I think they they have to think about it properly um, they've had a bit of disruption for the last few years so I think they just need a bit of consistency now Raj, have you enjoyed your time in Paris? I am Really enjoying it, yeah. Um, I know where this is going. But <laughs> um, no, it's um, it's getting exciting there now because it's obviously we've so much to prove. Um, kind of winning in the new camp is long forgotten. Last year it was nearly, as you said, with a four-day preseason playing a game on the fifth day. You could understand why we didn't 
uh, function. We've still got to, our farm in Europe was poor. That has to be addressed straight away. Um, and we got to the semi-final beaten by Claremont. Uh, and we had good spirit at the end. So the longer you're in sport, I think that's really important that you get that side of it right and the technical side will come. Um, but I am enjoying it, yeah, I am enjoying it. And in relation to to Munster, it would obviously be something I'd be really interested in, but the timing is nowhere near right. So one wish for your season, apart from just winning, is there anything about French rugby or European rugby you'd want to change, do, see next year? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things, obviously. That's, I think James used the word consistency. I think consistency needs to be applied to all of us as coaches to consistently try and get your players to perform. Hopefully, it's a big ask, but you get consistency of refereeing performances. We can't be blaming the referees. They have a hard enough job as it is, I think. It doesn't come down to their decision-making that you win or lose games. Uh, but just consistency of preparation is something that interests me. I'm a big believer in terms of... Um, you know I mean? Just preparing well during the week to perform on a Saturday. If you do that, I think... You can sleep well on a Saturday night, irrespective of whether you get the result or right. But um, yeah, it's, it was great to get two weeks in Irish camp um, to, to to learn and now to see things a little bit differently. It's not. Uh, Is there you anything think, you're already thinking about putting into place at Racing? Oh God, yeah, it's already yeah. sure we're in week two now. Yeah. Um, so. Um, has Donica Ryan's French coming on? Actually, that must be some wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. But like the thing about Dunnick is that he's a trier yeah. you know and um, he loves a discussion and at the minute the discussions are going in English but you know him he won't sit at one table at dinner time he'll do the rounds he's a great character and he's a very warm person but uh, he, he's yeah he's trying to learn it he's, he's aggressively trying to learn it and he has no choice to learn it he's going to be calling the line outs um, so that won't be done in English I wouldn't think because of the a variety of um, nationalities you've there, you know what I mean. So there has to be a common calling system among everyone. Yeah. Um, so that'll be done in French. So, um, no, it's great that he's there. Now I watched the Lions game with him um, the other day. So, um, and he's deeply intelligent. And okay, we won't, well, I, I, I want an update on his French now when <laughs> the season kicks off. I was going to ask, uh, do you have one Andy now for, for next season coming up? Uh, I wouldn't mind them going back and have a, li- a look at that Alan Jones HIA. Yeah, he was he he was gone for more than ten minutes, wasn't he? He was just gone for twenty one minutes. How is that even possible it's that not. that that was allowed to slip? Yeah, it's it's just it's a high profile thing, and it's just it should be even if it was just a statement saying, look, you know, this isn't okay. Yeah, that I'd be okay with that. But Do we. Yeah, there was a few because like Reed what, what, was that the same game. Reed stayed on the pitch. Reed stayed on, but look, you have to be very careful about you know from the media point of view. Very few in the media are trained doctors. Yeah, right. And they had independent doctors at that series, and you have to trust them. Say, look, they made a call. There was no spotter said Reed has to come ashore, whatever. Right, but Alan Wynne Jones was called ashore for a HIA, and he did go back out after twenty one minutes, and you are not spe- supposed to be able to go back after you've spent 10 elapsed minutes off the field. This isn't game time minutes, mm-hmm. this is elapsed minutes. It's a medical thing, not a game thing. But it is there in law. So I would like something official come out on that, even if just to say, look, you have to be careful with this stuff. 
that's all. Um, but yeah, we are going to take a little bit of a break now at the Hard Yards. Um, thanks for listening all season. It's been a good run so far. Uh, we'll be back in August, uh, where the Women's World Cup will have kicked off on August 9th in Dublin. Um, Ireland 7s should after this weekend also know they're, um, well, they might have qualified for the Rugby World Cup 7s. You were a former 7s player, James, weren't you? Long time ago. Long, long time ago. <laughs> Yourself, Andy Dunn, Chris Keane. Uh, yeah, to, na- that to vintage. name but a few. Some, some of the greats. Some crew for night out. <laughs> <laughs> Co- coached by Ryan Constable. Oof. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting times. Uh, I think we qualified for something, but then they brought in decent players for, oh. the, for the Hong Kong <laughs> What was your endurance like, Jimmy? All right? <laughs> no, but, no, because it's meant to be... I've never played, but it's meant to be lethal. Did you never play uh, sevens? No. It is. It's horrendous, never. actually. It's horrendous. That's, I could imagine. You're, if you go a length, like, but we played it all wrong. Like we'd, we were playing it like 15s and we didn't play it properly, which made a difference. We were playing it quite slow back then. So um, different game now. Now, yeah, because the guys, it's very popular in France, obviously, with the world circuit and there's players that are signed up to contract at the FFR and yeah. the sevens thing and they try and get, a lot of them now are trying to get contracts with... Um, top 14 clubs yeah they, they do it in reverse the, the union signs them to play for sevens and then find a club afterwards it's uh, they're all whippets now you know what I mean the only Verami Vatikawa is, is a big unit the yeah, non-whippet uh, yeah but like the, the loss of KGs from people playing the game is, is, is. huge you're supposed to I think you drop sort of three to five like it's a big big drop to get down to get that sort of aerobic capacity for sevens yeah, I can you sure look at them they're specimens and they're small guys and I think there's going to be so many specialist sevens players who yeah. won't step anywhere near a 15s field no, you need a core a core and then you can drop some other players in for development work or whatever you want to call it but it's good to see an Irish men's sevens team back because we have the women's have had a um, a good run at sevens have been used very well I think in the women's I game I, here. Yeah, I thought I was watching reeling in the ears the other day when I when I switched on the TV and I saw Fionn Carr playing live <laughs> in the sevens <laughs> it was <laughs> Good. Name that same. year, <laughs> 1999, Sean Carr. And you'll see it again this weekend. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll be back in August. The Women's World Cup will be in full flight. Uh, we will be probably talking about Leinster still being without the injured Guy Ringrose and Robbie Henshaw. But uh, it's been a good run. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to Raj, James and Pat. Thanks to Neve Marr for producing and Paul Donning and Was On Sound. We'll be taking a little break at the Hard Yards for a few weeks, so we'll see you in August. Thanks to Ladbrooks for sponsoring the show and to Joe Harrington, the series producer. This has been The Hard Yards. I'm Andy McGeady. Have a great summer and we'll talk to you soon. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrooks. Passionate about sport.